Hello, friends, and welcome to But I Digest. My name is Hans Rufert. And I'm Steve McDonough. And we wanted to do just sort of a villain backstory episode, sort of just, number one, introducing ourselves for those who uh, don't know us. We seem to know half the world between the two of us. So we wanted to have that bit of a conversation and also talk about why we are doing what we are doing, not in the grand scheme of life, but in specifically about why we're doing a why podcast. Why we decided to do the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Did, did you, uh, I, as we're sitting down here, I didn't think to uh, have the mission statement in front of us. So, so I, have you forgotten it already? I've, I've forgotten. we worked so. on it very hard today, and it's uh, freaking brilliant. So good. Well, let's, let's hear it. Oh, I don't remember it either. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. So, but the, you'll you'll see that on like word the, for word. It's good. Yeah, it is. It is really good. We worked hard on that. We uh, much like you would make a stock. We put all the ingredients in. We brought it to a boil. We reduced it to a simmer. We uh, we took a nap. <laughs> I did totally take a nap. Yep, and then we came back, and then we came up with a mission statement. Um, but. Uh, but we digest. <laughs> the The idea of the podcast is that between the two of us, we have this sort of crazy, uh, ridiculous, you know, I don't want to say encyclopedic, because half of our audience probably doesn't know what an encyclopedia is. But we have this this love and passion and curiosity and knowledge of food. But we wanted to have a conversation that wasn't just about the food, right? Not just about the destination, but also the kind of weird and windy paths that we personally have taken with these items, but also that the food item that the itself items themselves have taken. Yeah, which which does bring us to the mission statement. It's oh, good, good. Kind of, we're an episodic meander through which we've already started. We're meandering now <laughs> through um, whatever food that we are featuring this week. And their backstory, we want to cherry pick what I said was sometimes the choicest, sometimes the ugliest, but nearly always the lowest hanging fruit. And like you said, we do know combined quite a bit about food knowledge, but you know, we don't know everything. And I think what we're trying to do is find the stuff that we find really interesting and we're just arrogant enough to think that other people will find it interesting too. And it's it's this is not an encyclopedia. And if you guys want, as we move on with this, to uh, call us out because you've discovered like a date that we missed knock yourself out I'm, I'm not i don't mind missing a date now That's... do you mean the date like the dried fruit of the palm tree that kind of date like we forgot one of those or do you mean like an actual spot in the moment of so are those is that the kind of humor that this is gonna <laughs> this is episode zero and we are starting with Listen, do you mean date food or date the uh when you start at zero the only way is up so That's, yeah. that well from the date joke yeah <laughs> <laughs> the only ways up. So, uh, so tell just, us about who you are, because your story is pretty pretty interesting, Hans. Well, so I do have a weird story, and so I try to compress that a bit. But I was I was raised literally above a restaurant. Um, I'm the son of two restaurateurs, uh, and my family owned and operated the Woodbridge Inn, which is in uh, downtown Jasper, Georgia, in the foothills of the Appalachian, like banjo country. And as you can hear from my accent, very Southern. I've got that drawl happening. But I consider myself a half kraut. My dad's from Germany. My uh, my mom is from North Georgia. And uh, so my entire life has been in and around food, whether in the production of or the service of uh, or the creation of, and there's a sort of bit of an irony to that. Excuse me, an irony to that in that um, I don't have a stomach, and I um, I spend a lot of time trying to celebrate food, but I can't eat a lot of food. I I lost my stomach to stomach cancer. I didn't lose it, as in like I misplaced it. Uh, but over the course of a decade and a half, uh, and many many surgeries, I've had to have my stomach removed. 
And uh, so that sort of focus on food for a moment turned from being this exciting, lovely thing to being very mechanical and functional. And so I'm at a point where I really want to embrace and celebrate the pageantry of food and the, the celebration of food. And so that's really kind of what inspired this and inspires me on a, on a daily level. And I thought, who better to play this game with than my, my good friend that I met at uh, Food Network Again, decade and a half ago, you you actually have been along my whole crazy health journey from the beginning. I have. I I remember all of it. I think that what you say when you say that you are a chef without a stomach, that is just about the most compelling thing that that anybody could say, especially in the food industry. And it's certainly more interesting than the date joke. And you should have opened <laughs> with that instead of talking about that date joke. And people would have continued listening, we wouldn't have lost as many listeners as we already have. But it makes me think of uh, poor Grant Ackett's, you know, when he had the, the cancer on his tongue, you think of, of a chef without the ability to taste, a chef without the ability to digest. So um, I just think your story is really interesting. And I'm sure we'll get further into that. I don't know how much you want to discuss about it today. No, I think that that's a good setup, right? I mean, you know, I don't want to, I also don't want, I don't want that to be the, the sort of thrust of this at all right sure. i mean it's just sort of what it is like it's yeah. uh, beethoven was deaf and it didn't stop him from doing anything right uh so i try not to let my, my... and you ate yesterday you I know did, you're, you're I... here in chicago with me and last night we had schnitzel, schnitzel fest. fest and today we actually had the revenge of schnitzel fest and the leftovers yeah. were equally as delicious as the the first overs well you got to tell people schnitzel fest is i'll tell people yeah you did yeah, it's your your thing uh well we celebrate schnitzel all things schnitzel here in in Chicago, we have a group of chefs over, and everybody brings different items. And uh, Dan, I am I'm one half of the Hardy Boys. I'm the better looking half. You knew that already, with or without uh, the radio and the internet <laughs> podcast. And Dan, my my husband, he made chicken schnitzel and uh, pork schnitzel. And our friend Kathy made rote coal. And Hans brought homemade. A uh, fig mustard and uh, kraut with, but not just regular sauerkraut, sauerkraut with delightful daikon, radish, and uh, cauliflower, what was left, because everybody kept picking the cauliflower out of it. Our friend Peter brought a sauerkraut soup. Now, how awful does that sound, right? Does that sound like a terrible right, mistake listen, in a bowl? Sounds amazing to me. Wasn't it good? It was fantastic. It was, it, big chunks of carrot and really super and smoky. beans, like the beans were like buttery soft. And, oh my gosh, yeah, it was really, really great. Good. And Chef Gail Gant is a good friend of ours, and she came and she brought a beautiful strudel. So anyway, I guess I guess but I digress. Well, I'm digressing but I digress. into Schnitzel Fest when really I'm supposed to say who I am. That's right. So I'm one half of the Hardy Boys. Hans and I, as he mentioned, we met on uh, Search for the Next Food Network star, and that was the very first food reality television show. It was before Top Chef. Uh, before like Hell's Kitchen, before Chopped, all of that, all of that, yeah, was Search for the Food Network star, and they certainly didn't understand what they had on their hands at that point. And it was only, I think, they only did six episodes because I didn't think anybody would really watch. Dan and I ended up winning that, which meant that we beat Hunt Hunts. So I just uh, want you all to yeah, take note, which of that. they continue to do regularly. <laughs> and uh, we then went on to host Party Line with the Hardy Boys for a couple seasons on Food Network. We have two books out: Talk with Your Mouthful, which is a an entertaining guide with a lot of tips and tricks in there, and um, the New Old Bar, which is my baby. And you will hear me throughout our series talk a lot about cocktails because that fascinates me. It gets me super excited. And pre-prohibition cocktails is my my wheelhouse, baby. I should get a T-shirt. Wheelhouse, baby. No, pre-prohibition oh. <laughs> cocktails is my wheelhouse, baby. It's a big t-shirt. Uh, I mean, they both are good t-shirt ideas, but... Yeah. Uh, we've owned multiple restaurants here in Chicago. Right now, we are focusing only on our catering business, which has been just tremendously exciting during times of COVID. Because what you want to do 
during a pandemic is like make your living off of weddings and huge parties. That's because that 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 is it's calming. <laughs> and that and that brings us back to the pre-prohibition cocktails for the past year. Well, and you can enjoy a a cocktail while you're having a Zoom wedding, I imagine. Do they have Zoom weddings? I yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. The Zoom and the weddings have been really small. They've been uh, 50, 25, but it depends because things oh, let's not talk about COVID. No, that's Nobody true. That's, true. that's, uh, that's past tense. Anymore, let's that's the times before we will be done with this and move on. Pretend it never happened. Well, uh, so our combined story, as you mentioned, as you alluded, we we met on the Next Food Network Star. And, you know, on those reality shows, I think the way that they are portrayed, and we could do a whole whole book about this, it's it's not, reality is not what you see. And there's a lot of, you know, crazy things that happen in, in post. But to me, the most important thing is that I not only made friends, I made lifelong friends through that experience. And you know, it's not, I think, as a viewer and you watch these things and you think they're intense, and they are intense on in some levels. But Oh, super intense. But it's intense in a fun way, or at least it was for us, because at the very beginning, we were sort of helping each other out. And we, we felt were. bad if somebody had a, a, a mistake or something would happen. And we became like this team. And there were literal tears when someone yeah. was sent home. Yeah, it was because it was so early. It was really weird when I remember, um, I remember when I think uh, uh, Harmony, when Harmony went home, mm. I was like, crying and thinking yeah. this is really stupid why am i why am i crying and you know you talk about intensity i'm going to digest <laughs> right now do you remember what was super intense was that the flu went around oh you had and it i got i got the flu people people i got the flu like nobody's freaking business and we were doing a what show were we doing the, the morning show the today is it today with harry um uh, harry smith harry smith yes yeah, cbs a, uh, morning show morning was, show yeah. was a morning show with harry harry smith and i was so sick because i had passed out yeah, i had passed out on the set the night before yeah. that was it i was standing there and gordon uh elliot gordon elliot gordon elliot was about to say who was going to go home and as i'm looking at him everything got very like microscopic like 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 looking through the wrong end of a of a microscope or the wrong end of sure. like, what, do, what do you call those things that pirates had yeah yeah a spyglass a spyglass there yeah. you go spyglass so it's getting really smaller and smaller and i thought i'm gonna pass out and i've never passed out in my life i didn't know what it felt like and i raised my hand and he's like and who's going home Steve, <laughs> were you volunteering to go home? Yes. Like, wait, don't raise your hand. This isn't this isn't like audience participation. We're going to tell you who's going home. You can't volunteer to go home. <laughs> and I'm like, I think I'm going to faint. And I'm standing there next to Dan, yeah. and I like went Collapse. down to the ground. But anyway, then we did the morning show the next day. And as soon as I was done, I ran off stage and there and ran into the the restroom yeah. and got sick. And as I came out and I still had my microphone on and everything, as oh. I came out, there was a, you know, a, a showrunner, an aide, you know, backstage with arms filled with over-the-counter medication to try. Oh, God. It was pretty funny. Was and then Mark, Mark Summers got it, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. brought They brought doctors to the hospital, to the hotel. When's the last time you saw a doctor come to a hotel with his little black his bag? His little black bag. Yeah. And he opened it up and there's things like nutmeg and saffron and the Food Network doctor came. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. We're going, down a, we're going down a crazy side road, which is, which is honestly what we, which is what we do. It, honestly, it's what people do, right? It's, this is this great, this very organic thing, a conversation. So that's, uh, that is absolutely what we, what we hope to capture. And 
I, I think our history, having competed fiercely against each other uh, in sickness and in health, I think we made a, a bond that, um, that I mean, not to sound waxing poetic or like a Hallmark card, but I'm, I'm proud of. That's what I won from the next Food Network star, is I won this, this family of people who, you know, that I am tied at the hip with through, through life as we challenge all of these, uh, these things that life throws at us. But it, um, but I, but I digest. Uh, this whole idea, this whole concept was meant to be a celebration of our relationship with food and how it, uh, you know, oftentimes it's not about what's on the plate only. It's about who's sitting across the table from you, you know, the, the atmosphere, the whole uh, the whole package. And I, I think um, when you start to learn more about the history of food, and but not just in a very academic way, but the crazy, weird, windy path. As That's you what I really like. That's what I really like. As we're as we're going through this and we're picking one topic and giving you the history of it, but then getting off to the sides and all the weird ways that it got there and and, and just ways it affects us and just finding one, like if I can find one stupid story that amuses me, that relates to whatever it is that we're doing. I'm going to tell you that story. That that's what we want. But I don't know that we need to keep telling people what we're going yeah. to do. We would rather like just start doing it. Let's do that. So this was meant. So that's to be, who we are. Yeah, that's who we are. This is what our plan is, and uh, we're proud to have you along on the journey. All right, enjoy. How do you say? How do you say enjoy in German? Auf Deutsch. Auf Deutsch. Prost. We're saying prost. Prost. All right. Yeah. Pro, with an umlaut. Yeah. Umlaut. Where there's going to be so many umlauts in this show. I, we need like a magic little ding. Dude, this is going to be so umlaut heavy. <laughs> You're going to really want to stay tuned for the umlauts. Oh. Come for the comedy. Stay for the umlauts. And that would have been a great uh, umlaut out loud. Umlaut. Umlaut loud? No, never mind. I, no, I'll it stick doesn't with work. Name. Yeah, these work. All right. Cheers. Cheers, Prost. Prost.